Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Launch Day Podcast. Today in studio with me, we've got Daniel Gauchi. Now, look, I'm not going to go into introductions of what you do myself personally. Uh, so honestly, Daniel, take it away, mate. Tell everyone what you do, what you're all about. Perfect. Well, thanks, Dean, for having me on. Um, so I'm a, I'm a personal trainer or a coach. I work over at UFC Gregory Hills. I'm their head coach there. But I've also started up my business, Gauchi Fitness, and I'm in the process of moving from face-to-face into more the digital arena, mm-hmm. um, whereas that's probably the next phase of my business and getting into the education and you know trying to educate a lot more people about the fitness, and fitness industry. And um, yeah, I want to get involved with actually training trainers and giving them my thoughts and my knowledge of you know, the industry you know, from my you know, point of view. So, Gotcha. So what's what's the sort of main goal? When you say you're going digital and training, are you talking about training you know, other individuals who are looking to start doing coaching or are we talking about training people physically themselves to, to achieve their, you know, their, their health goals or what, what's the story there? So it'd be more to um, coaching trainers. Um, I want to, as I said, get more into the educational side of it because I find there's a big gap between what we actually learn in our Cert 3 and Cert 4 compared to what it's actually like out there on the floor in the industry. Um, so I want to turn around and see if I can bridge that gap for trainers. Um, a sad thing, like a sad statistics in the fitness industry is most trainers last, I think it's about 90% of trainers last for only six months in the industry and they're not given the tools to actually build a sustainable personal training business or they're not giving given the right idea of what it's actually about because it's not the wake up at 10 o'clock, do a couple of sessions, go down to the beach. It's, it's a real grind and I don't think they're given as I said, given the tools to work themselves into that or um, actually have a good understanding of what the industry is. Like it's a lot more than just Instagram and TikTok yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So, I mean, like you're going through this whole sort of situation. Where are you at on your journey of, of, of developing this business model that you're creating now? Okay, so in regards to face-to-face, which will always be my bread and butter, I love working with people. I just, you know, I love teaching people, whether it be clients or um, educators. Um, so now I'm pretty much at capacity with face-to-face and I have been for probably the last six months. So that's my cap there. So the only way for, for in, in two ways, the only way for me to progress my business or my business revenue is to move into more of an automated, automated digital space. And I can only help so many people at a time, you know, like I've capped myself up at 50 sessions per week and that's the maximum I can do. So if I can turn around and offer two, three, four other trainers and give them the tools to build their own business brands, their own personal training businesses, then I can, I can have the influence of training 200 people with the same methodologies that I've kind of developed and, and you know, help people just build that, you know, a better look within, look into the fitness industry. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. You're on this journey, you know, you've come this far, you're fully booked face to face, everything of that nature. Mm. I'm curious to know, you know, where you're at in terms of, uh, you know, sorry, how you got to where you are. So run me through a little bit more about, you know, what you've experienced. I mean, everyone starts out and that's what the the whole purpose of this podcast is, right? Everyone's starting out at a certain point in their lives, uh, whether they're, you know, working for someone full time or whatever the circumstances might be. Mm. You know, what, how do you get to where you are now? Give us the whole backstory, not the just story, the yeah. fluff. We want to we wanna get to the nitty gritty. All right, so we've got to rewind this about eight to nine years. Um, so, look, I've, I've, um, I started off, I was working in a factory. I was a ship super, shift supervisor. I worked, I was an engineer, worked on machines and all that. Hated every 
every moment of it, but it was a job. Um, but then I was very lucky to, um, you know, a longtime friend of mine and coach, um, Ace from Extreme, helped me get prepared for my wedding. And that's pretty much where I fell in love in this industry. And it wasn't just the physical side of it, but it was the amount of confidence and education that he pursued on me and he gave me that I wanted to pass on to, to everyone else. So pretty much I was working about seven days a week. I had um, my eldest born, uh, my eldest was going to be born in September. This was around the November 2014. He was born in September 2015. Um, so I started my Cert 3 and Cert 4. I smashed that out in about three to four months while working full time. I actually, I made the decision to move into the fitness industry. I got offered a job around the corner. I actually turned down, so this is talking about 2014, 2015, a production manager job with okay. a car, phone, and $75,000 salary. Wow. I actually turned that down to start on $400 a week. And wow. my wife was probably about six months pregnant. And well, what, like, we've all been through this for a lot of people, right? So <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what was she thinking at the time? Well, you're crazy for starters. Um, <laughs> yeah, but to, to pull it all apart, like I'm very lucky to have a partner like that. You know, you talk about your ride or die along the way. And um, especially when it comes to relationships, if someone's got your back in those kind of times where it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the happiest, it's, it's the grittiest. And it's when you need their faith and you need their support, it, it was there. And that made that decision you know, a lot easier for me. It was a big risk. You know, I worked my ass off to kind of prepare that risk. So I put a little bit of money in the bank just in case, but um, I never thought I was going to fail. You yeah. know, the whole time I knew what I wanted to do. I knew where I wanted to be. And there was no option B. You know, when you kind of put yourself in those situations, you don't think of option B. It's like, you're going to make it. And there's no ends before buts. Honestly, like, I mean, even today I was watching a, uh, like a YouTube shorts video. Yeah. And that YouTube shorts video that I was watching, um, it was literally describing that, you know, in, in relationships like yours, for mm. example, if your wife, I mean, a lot of the time, so the, the man traditionally has the career that they pursue, um, you know, and then that's sort of similar in your case, the, the sort of bigger journey. Mm. And, you know, that's never going to work unless, you know, your, your, your significant other, your romantic partner actually genuinely supports you in your journey and what you're doing, no matter the risks. And, um, you know, when you have that, it's actually, there was a whole statistic, I don't ask me to yeah. recall the exact number, but there was a very high number in percentage based on research that indicated that the support of your partner in pursuing that journey and wholehearted, undoubted support, there's always mm. going to be arguments and fights. It's oh, always going to happen. For sure. She's Maso. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. So, you know, but the, the whole concept around that is as long as the overall support is there, you are more likely to be more successful in that endeavor than if you were to have a partner who didn't support you at all and had a lot of doubts. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, 100%. So, mate, honestly, you're, you're very lucky to have her. You know, is this your way of kind of shouting out to her? Oh, 100%. To, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But, like, it's true. And, like, I'll go a little bit off topic. Like, something that really frustrates me is people turning around and go, I made this, I did this. And they never turn around and actually appreciate the small little factors that help them along the way. And, you know, who am I to sit here and turn around like, I've done this, I can do this, where I don't really – you know, pay tribute or honor the people that actually helped me get into the position because you you need that. So like, I'll, 
and I'll always be like, I've always, you know, if people help me out, I'm always there for them. Um, and I'm always there to pay the respect because, you know, you need, you know, a lot of people lose respect these days. And I think it's a major thing. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, in, in even saying that, like I had a conversation with someone recently too, she yeah. was a female and, you know, I was saying to her as well, I'm like, you know, in my journey, when I have a significant other, if I am finding success in what I'm doing, you know, if that, so let's just say, because I'm, look, you know, the type of person that, that I'm probably looking towards or for is someone who's a little bit more traditional, you know, happy to have a part-time job, but if they, if they prefer to be a stay-at-home mum and put family mm. before career, that's my personal preference yeah, yeah. Uh, personally. Uh, but even having that conversation with this other female individual, and I was saying to her, I'm like, well, in, in my case, if I was pursuing my career and, you know, my significant other decided to be a stay-at-home mum, mm. you know, look after the house, the home, I wouldn't turn around and utilize that fact to, to manipulate that person and no. then turn around and say, oh, well, listen, I did everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I bought you this and I bought the yeah. house because I'm the one working because... And it's funny, I was talking to my neighbor about this too the other day. Yeah. Because he was talking to me like, oh, you know, Dean, don't worry. You don't have to be in a rush to find a relationship or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. But he was talking to me not only five minutes earlier and saying, oh, you know, he comes home at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night because he's out there and he's trying to make the millions, etc. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I told him and I said, man, I said, you've been at my house. I go, how clean is it? He goes, oh. Like it's tidy, <laughs> it's but it's, yeah. it's, it's not perfect. Yeah. And I told him, I said, man, your house looks like a display home. Yeah. You have a son. Your son is taken to care. And I said to him, I said, you, you, you're talking about me not rushing, for example, yeah. or like to find a relationship, which I'm not. But the, the point was, was that having that person at home, you become grateful for. And you're like, well, I don't have to worry about what actually happens at home as much. There's yeah. still contribution required, obviously. But that person is actually looking after other aspects of your life yeah. while you're out there grinding. Well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And like, we got to understand, like I've seen, you know, coming here today, your photos of your kids, like you as a father, as a partner, whatever, we have to maintain a role. And it's not necessarily you know, the 1950s image of working all day coming in, but we still need to be leaders of our family for our kids. And if we're turning around and going, oh, you throw it in people's faces like, I bought you this, I bought you that. Yeah. What's that kind of message showing for your children? Where's the humbleness of it? You do it because you want to, not yeah. for a pat on the back or anything like that. So I think it comes down to yeah. the individual's you know, morals and ethics. Like you want to go chase your career, that's fine. But don't mess it up. Like you've got people to answer for. Like you get to stand up. It's going to be tough. Like there's times where I've done 60, 70 weeks working two jobs, mm. things like that. But you know what? Now looking at the other side of it, mate, I don't work Wednesdays. I get to take my kids to school. I get to pick them up. I take them to football training. Whatever. Oh, good. But you've earned the right for that. It doesn't happen overnight. You need to earn the right yeah. to do that. And family is really important. It's something where I'm working for, like with, with my coach and mentor now, it's like there's more to just work and how do you kind of get the right balance. You know, family is really important. Social is very important. It's what's the best balance for your life? Like how do you be better? Yeah. And the thing is, though, is as well is gratitude. Oh, gratitude yeah. is so important yeah. and and it is you know it, it's being thankful for like like you said the little things along the journey as well yeah. and having recognition for those things it, it's really empowering and like would you say that that's been like a major contributor on your journey like as far as going from eight nine years ago 
giving up a $75,000 really lucrative job mm -hmm. to, to go into doing this? Is that something that you think would be probably one of the biggest contributors and factors for you? 100%. If, if it wasn't for, there's a couple of very vital and pivotal people over the last couple of years. And it might've been, you know, a couple of years I've spoken to them in between, but if it wasn't for their influence, knowledge and understanding, and like, I'm very impulsive. Mm. And if it wasn't for that, like their calming influences as well, like I would not be where I'm at. I wouldn't be sitting here right now having yeah. a chat with you kind of things. So yeah. I think understanding that and knowing the role people play in your life, whether it might be small for a long time or a little time, yeah. is understanding that and knowing that, you know, there's people there to help along the way. You, you got to do the work, like you got to do the work, but there's people there who's going to push you into that, that right direction and show gratitude. Hey, I get back. what you mean. I get what you mean. Honestly, I do. Yeah. And so what's, what's happened after that? Let's, let's rewind back to where okay. we were, right? <laughs> you, you went, you gave up that, that job opportunity. Yeah, yep. Then you sort of moved into, you know, 400 bucks a week, right, basically. Yeah. Run us through that. How, how was the journey there? Look, it was good. Um, so pretty much I started there as a personal trainer. Um, done really well. Like it was a very small gym. So it was fitness local in Panania, um, very small gym. Um, it was a very, say, community-based gym. So PT there, it was, it was quite strong. Um, but it was more of a service than kind of a results-based sort of thing. So mm. I got up to probably about 30 sessions quite quickly um, and I was able to maintain that virtually the whole time. 2018 or 2019, I actually got the role of gym manager. So I previously I worked in and I was able to manage a small group training um, business within the gym. So mm -hmm. that was um, launching it, training, all that kind of stuff, quality control, things like that. Um, and then a couple of months later, I got offered the job of gym management. So I ran that gym whilst doing 30 hours of PT um, and also a little one at home and wife. So that was January, April, I moved into running two gyms. Jesus Christ, and how many hours was that basically? Like, like you, you're, topping, you're topping 60 hours. So if you turn around and you got your 30 hours of PT, that's yeah. already full-time work. Then you add your 20 hours or so of managerial roles. Yeah, you're doing your profit loss statements, your management plans, training. Yeah, you're following up, you know, leads, wholesalers, all that kind of stuff. Like it was quite demanding and I put on a lot of weight. Like I let myself go. Yeah, wow. So like you worked out a gym and you gained weight. Like that's, you know, it's a bit of a, the opposite effect of being in the space of a gym. So 100%. I mean like that, that's, a, you know, for me, like because I, I joined up UFC gym too, yes, right? Yeah. Gregory Hills. Good and, gym. you know, you would probably remember that night that I came in. I had been to five other gyms that night. Yeah. And when I was there, I was, all these other gyms that I went to, I was like, oh yeah, I went to this one. And then there was this guy leaning on the machine with his phone out and just texting and taking <laughs> selfies. And, yeah. you know, like it was kind of like that gym culture kind of a thing. The people that were going to the gym for the sake of going, going to, to the, the gym. gym. Yeah, yeah. And so me being in that, like all those environments, I just didn't feel like I fit in very well. Mm. And so what I liked was the, the fact that when I walked in there, you know, in one corner, there was this guy who was, you know, clearly overweight, but he was just hitting hard on the treadmill, hitting hard on the machines. And just, mm. you could tell that he was really dedicated to, to losing that weight. Yeah. He had another person who was working towards other fitness goals, et cetera, and so on. Everyone that I felt the, the energy and the environment that I was oh. in, everyone was goal driven. Yes, very, very. So uh, I find it interesting because anyone who was, who'd be listening right now would be sitting there going, Daniel, what do you mean? You were at the gym and then you put on so much weight. 
Like mm. you were at the gym. How could you have possibly put on so much weight, right? Uh, but you're in, you're in that environment, yada, yada. But then the thing is, is that what people don't realize is that just because, you know, the, the broader topic of the environment is a, a fitness facility. Yes. Doesn't necessarily mean that what you're doing inside of that facility and also what others are doing. Because you said so yourself. The the tr- the PT stuff that you were doing there wasn't goal focused. It was more like a service, a service. service driven, yeah, right. And so then, it, because it wasn't goal focused, that contributed to the environment that you were in. That's correct. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's so important. Like literally, I just signed a commercial lease, right? Mm. Um, Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's in a co working space, but yeah. given the nature of the, the things that I'm doing, I'm kind of like, well, co working space is perfect because there's 20 other people that are all starting their business. Yeah, there's uh, like minded people too, working yeah. towards the same goal. But it was the environment. I've been working from home. I've set up my garage as an office, you yeah. know, et cetera and so on. But then when I changed the environment that I was in, I tell you now, like the last three days, my productivity levels have gone through the roof. I fucking got up at 6 a.m. this morning and I just fucking pumped it. Yeah, how good You know is what that? I mean? I was just, I was one thing after the other, task after task. By 7.30, we're talking only an hour and a half, I was like... I was like, I'm pretty, pretty good for the day. Like, yeah. you know, that's, I've already pumped out so much. And it was just that change in environment. Change environment yeah. Even though that I was at home when I woke up, the fact of the matter was, was that I've been exposed to that different environment that allowed me to be more productive. Exactly. So and I find that really interesting for you, man, that, uh, you know, you're in a gym, you're doing 50 hours. <laughs> but you'd think that if you were working in a gym, you'd, you'd be fit mm. or you'd be able to maintain a certain level of fitness. But you're saying you didn't. Yeah. Well, look, you you know as a business owner as well, when when you're in that grind, who's the last person that gets thought of? Who's the last person do you that you prioritize? That's right. It, it's yourself because you're trying to do everything else. At the end of the day, you're in a business. You need to produce cash flow. Yeah. And that's always at the front of your mind. But then it yeah. takes that time to understand that you do the right things by yourself. You look after yourself. Cash flow will take care of itself, sort of things. So. That, that was a big thing and just cutting the bullshit and stop making excuses. Um, especially being in the fitness industry as well and dealing with people. Everybody's there to make change. Like it's it's not all the, you know, the etched pants and the fucking T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. People are there with a lot of psychological and emotional problems as well, which is great. That's, that's, that's where I come in. But you also take that on board. Being a new PT in management and all that, you don't know how to deal with other people's emotions and you're up there, you know, two o'clock not sleeping or how can I help this person? What can I do for that person? And you need to learn to deal with that. So then you are always on. And then we talk about hormone levels, like cortisol levels and things like that. You don't sleep. You're looking for fast food. There's no time for you. You don't take care of yourself, all that kind of shit. And it, it just all adds up until it becomes a breaking point where you got to, you got to fucking do something. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> how did you break free from it? What was, what did you do? So we'll, we'll fast forward. Like it's always been on and off, a couple of months here, a couple of months back. You get into the busy times, you kind of let yourself go. Um, I think COVID was a big thing for me. Um, we revert back to the first one. Um, like no one knew what the fuck was going on, right? Like we're all like, you know, just fucking zombie apocalypse or whatever it may be. Um, and at the time I was running the, the fitness facility, um, the gym. Um, I was also in charge of two staff members. So my main focus, which, you know, I had to do at the time, you know, I've learned a lot, was to create revenue mm. in a time of uncertainty. So whether it be we progressed into online classes, we looked at um, gym hire and all that. So it was always the front of focus. And 
you're going to have a laugh, but I wanted to pick up a skill during that COVID. Do you know what I taught? Do you know what I learned? Was, was it something, was it casting couch type stuff or? No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, what did you teach? How to cook meat. How to cook meat. <laughs> so my main thing is I'll go into work for two hours, I'll slow cook meat, have a few drinks and eat the end. And what kind of, it was a pretty shit lifestyle to be fair. But then that comes from back for not learning how to deal with my stress at the time. Yeah. And that was kind of my escape or how I learned to deal with it. Um, so I packed on, well, I think I was topping about 120. Wow. <laughs> yeah, one, 115, 120 kilos. Like it was quite, well, I'm more than happy to share the photos with you later, but it was quite, it was disgusting. Um, and it came down to a, a photo when I was just doing a little bit of marketing photo and I like, I, I feel I look like Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Wow. Like it, was, it, was, it was quite poor. Um, and then same thing again, as I said, there's always going to be pivotal moments um, in your life. And same thing, I reached out to Ace again. Um, he was well, miles away. Um, five hours kind of difference. And that's where it all kickstarted again. It's like, look, let's cut. And he was like, he goes, let's cut the bullshit. Because this is what you need to do. And I think having that there and that support and that co coaching um, helped me kind of um, transition back to why I got into the industry. Um, it was a lot to do with stress management, um, lifestyle change, relationship with food, all that kind of stuff. So that was October 20, what, 2020. Um, I started dropping. I got down from about 115 to about 100 kilo mark. Unreal. Um, then I was happy, you know, a few things kind of fell into place um, and I was offered to so myself as the back end of 2021, 2020. Um, I was offered a role at, um, at USC Gregory Hills. Um, at the time, it was just like a part-time role because it was still, you know, with the young family, you need a wage, you need it. Got, fell, fell straight back into the traps of why I left the other job. Yeah, which yeah, Which is funny yeah, how yeah. it all goes around. Um, and so I got the role there with my intention to transition out of management into launching a coaching business again, which is what I actually love doing. So we fast forward that. I slowly made the transition. I took the leap of faith. I left my last job May 2021, 2023. Um, sorry, June that year. End of June, back end of July, what happened? The next wave. Um, and this is probably the pivotal turning point. Um, I... I made the decision earlier that year to compete in a bodybuilding competition. And I had two options. It was either do the same shit that you did before, make excuses, be fat, be that person, or you've got for, it turned out to be four months to create a different version of you and create a new version of you. And that, that was the tipping point. That was where I was like, do you know what? What message am I, I had two children at the time. What message am I showing them? I could suck about not having an income. I can suck about this. I can suck about that. Or I can get my fucking ass and do something and lead by example. So I was mowing lawns during the day, Love it. training at home, touching back with clients, taking my kids to school. I was homeschooling. I remember homeschooling. Mm. We're doing that. Like I learned kindergarten all over again. It was really cool. I learned how to count to 10, <laughs> um, <laughs> which trainers usually don't do. So that was where I was like, you know what? Fuck this. This, this is time to time to make a change mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, and through that, it was, it was four tough months. Like no one knew what was going. We got no work. We were forced to, you know, get vaccinated. You can't go to work. No one knew shit. Like, I didn't see my parents in, you know, 
in God knows how long. In God knows how long. Yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of personal issues going on that time as well. Like, um, but it did, did end up shaping who I am. I'm not going to bring it up here, um, but it was a lot of stuff. A couple of deaths in the family. Like, it's not something that's lighthearted. But if you didn't kind of, if I didn't forge that mentality early on and mm. have that non-negotiable mindset, yeah, my business wouldn't be where it's at now if I didn't make the change July 2021. Yeah. That was a big year for me. Um, coming back to the gym, couldn't wait to work with people. You know, my business picked up very, very quickly. Um, I went from within, so I was doing, I was doing comp prep, back into the business, doing like 10 classes a week. Clients got up to probably about 20 clients very, very quickly. And new people, I uh, worked with a lot of cool people. Um, then had the comp, um, I think it was the back end of November, 2020, 2021. Um, and then from 2022 was just, it was bonkers. Um, you know, and I think the more I changed, the more I was able to attract like-minded people um, that don't really, it, it wasn't about them. Like obviously losing weight and being healthy is a number one goal. Yeah. But it wasn't, the fact that oh, I need to be skinny for Instagram or I need to be skinny for that. It's like, I've had enough. I'm sick of where I'm fucking at. How can you help? Mm. And I think if I didn't go through the journey I did and develop the tools that I did during that time, I wouldn't have been able to help them. And then I was able to get some really, really good results from some really couple of difficult cases. So I, like, I work a lot with um, a lot of overachievers. So yep. small business owners, you know, one of my clients, they're, you know, director of New South Wales in a big sport. So yeah. you can imagine all the stress that they have. And, you know, working with them a couple of days a week, making sure they're doing their touch points and all that, and they're probably in the best shape mentally, physically, and emotionally yeah. they've been in ever. That's sick. That's sick, honestly. And look, I actually have a question, and it's more of like a health and fitness question, right? Yeah, yeah. For you, because look, and you know this as well, because you've coached me in terms of, you know, physical, you know, yeah. uh, physique and things like that, right? So... You know, would you say that gaining all of that weight, just a curious question, mm. would you say that gaining all of that weight actually contributed to your ability to have a certain physique or, or anything like that? Like, was, that, was there any benefits to being that, that overweight and then and shaving it off? Because I think, like, one of my biggest things, and you know this, right, mm. is I have, like, this, this massive fuck-off metabolism, <laughs> yeah. right? So Sorry. I'm sitting there triple scooping my protein shakes yeah, yeah. With, with mass gainer in it, and I'm still, like... We're getting there. We've made some good where improvements. Where is it, man? Like, you know what I mean? Where the hell is this gut? Yeah. Um, you know, and because and, I'm trying to gain weight. Yeah. But do you, do you think that, like, because obviously you look like someone who's got a pretty decent physique, you know what I mean? Some mm. good body mass there. Do, do you think that, you know, being overweight at that time contributed to your ability to, to maintain, you know, that kind of level of body mass when you were in shape, for example? Or do you think that didn't matter at all? I mean, you're the trainer here, right? Because it'd be people listening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very broad question. Um, obviously, it's never ideal to hold that body fat, um, and it's not ideal. And I'm sorry to go off topic here, but this is something I'm very, very go passionate. For it. It's not okay to tell people it's okay to be fat or overweight. Yeah, it's not healthy. Yeah, we look at. I was well overweight. I was carrying about thirty five percent body fat. Mm. The for a healthy male, it's anywhere between 15 to 20%. So we're talking about 15% over. And here I was telling you what to do. Yeah. Imagine that. What's that telling you? Yeah, exactly. Like if this guy can't look after himself, what the fuck is he going to do for me? Yeah. 
So one thing I always come back to is, and I'll tell everyone, I drop the fat and I drop the bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit excuses, bullshit this, bullshit there. And I practice what I preached. And that's where it comes down to. It's never healthy to have an excessive amount of body fat because then we talk about different releases of hormones, you know, different metabolism levels, all that kind of stuff. So you need to, yeah, you need to love your body. You need to appreciate what you have and do, find the best version of you, but it's never healthy to carry that much body fat. And like, just to add to that as well, mm. right? The thing is, is that a lot of people mistake the, the concept of body shaming with the concept of being overweight, your weight is unhealthy. So the moment, the moment someone walks in and says, oh no, being overweight is, over, is, is unhealthy. I mean, it, it's, it's true. It's, you know, increased re risk of heart attack, increased cholesterol levels in your system, which clogs up your arteries, which leads to heart attacks. Exactly. You know what I mean? And a whole long list of other things. Mm. It is unhealthy to be overweight. It doesn't mean, and this is the difference here for all those that are listening going, oh, you guys are- you No, know, call it straight no, out. 100%. Body, look, going to someone, going up to someone and saying, oh, you're fat. Okay, look, we get it. You know, you're being a rude prick. Yeah, but that means you're a shit person. Exactly. <laughs> it's got right? nothing to do with the, but, the, the other overweight if, person. But if your intentions are good and you're like, hey, listen, like you, you're a little overweight and like I'm not saying that to offend you, but I'm saying that because I can, I'm concerned for your health. That's yeah. a big difference here. Exa do you know what I mean? Exactly. Massive difference. And you, you got to look at the health aspect. And what really shits me and frustrates me is people going, it's okay to be fat. It's okay to do this. Like, please come down and join me on the ground level with people trying to change. Joe, it's, we look at the, okay, look, I've got a specific body type. You've got a specific body type. We know, need to understand that's else. Doesn't mean to go, oh, we're a lazy shit because this is who we are. It's like, it's no, you need to do things each day. You know, track your food. Make sure you're doing what you can with your food. There's going to be situations when you have no control and that's fine. No one's saying go have a fucking salad yeah, while you're out at a wedding. Enjoy the wedding. But then the next day, when you have control of your controllables, control them. Yeah. And understand, like, the thing is, like, our, our external image is always going to be what we are. But if on the inside, if we're working on the inside, we can control as much as we can with our nutrition. We're doing the best we can, we can physically do. If our training, I can probably train more than what you would train because of time, where I work and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. If you can get three times out a week, that's what you can do for you. And that's going to give you the best opportunity to be as healthy as can be. My goal is a little bit different. I work with insider gyms. I can train up to four or five times a week, but that's where I'm at myself. And I have no right as a trainer and as a person to go, hey, why aren't you training five days a week? You're not good enough to train five days a week because that's a poor reflection on me. It's yeah. got nothing to do with you. And that's why I think what we should, especially in like social media and mainstream media and all that kind of stuff, is educate people on the understanding of it all. Not to say, oh, leave them alone because they're big or leave them alone because of this. It's having the understanding and not feel the necessity to say something. Help them out where you can. Hey, how are you feeling? They could have a stressful job. A chat could help them out. We don't know that. Like, I think people need to work on themselves before they have an opinion on others. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah, where look, we need to educate. Society is completely quick to go and jump in and put in their two cents because we, <laughs> we live we live in a showreel society where everyone's yeah. posting their best moments on Instagram. And the, yeah. the thing is, is that like, it's not, that is really unhealthy. And I, I find myself now, look, I'm quite a vocal person, yeah. but I don't ever fucking open my mouth unless I know dead set what I'm saying and that I've experienced it and I'm exactly. fucking knowledgeable. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And this is where like, say where my passion comes through for education, especially trainers. 
The amount of personal trainers I've seen or I've heard give advice on nutrition when A, they've never followed it themselves, implemented themselves or made physical changes for themselves is pathetic. Yeah. The amount of people, and we talk about the health aspect, mental and physical. Do you know how many people are destroyed from it? People putting like, say, we'll have a look. I'm going to call it out an five, right? Their challenges revert everyone down to 1200 calories and they promote two to three times a week. Yep, it's energy expenditure. They're going to lose weight. But after eight weeks or whatever their challenge goes for, what's going to happen? Yeah, well, they rebound. They're going to be bigger to what they were. Your body goes into a hypersensitivity mode. It's like, shit, I haven't eaten for so long. Give me, give me more. So it doesn't want to be like that. Our main thing for our body is to survive, right? It's the only thing it's there for, survival. So if you've restricted yourself for eight weeks, killing yourself, what's it going to do after that? Yeah, well, I have no idea. You tell me. You go into hypersensitivity. So it doesn't want to feel like that. So it's going to absorb more and more. So that's where we need coaches, businesses, whatever, to turn around and actually educate people. Educate coaches. Like I've seen a coach, right? We've got, we're talking about probably a 55 kilo girl um, wants to put on lean muscle mass, right? They averaged probably about 900 calories a day. Oh yeah, let's, let's put you up to two and a half thousand. Mm. I remember when we first started, you were barely eating. Yeah. And we knew that we needed to be around that 3,000 calorie mark. But it's something where it was like, let's work towards it, not you need to eat it. It's like, all right, let me teach you how. Yeah. Let's implement this today. Let's try this tomorrow. And that gave you the education way past me to keep on continuing with it as well. Not just, oh yeah, I'm finished up training, that's up done, and you go back to normal Dean, you were four weeks, five, six weeks ago. Yeah. You're able to maintain what you've learned. And hopefully if, if I've served you right, is to keep progressing well, well after me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So fast forward, you know, from that, that point in time where, you know, you were making those goals, you've just started with UFC gym, now mm. you're sort of taking those steps towards being independent to yourself as a coach. Yeah. How was that journey? Like, was it instant sort of gratitude and gratification through the existing clients you're already working with? Like, run me through, you know, the challenges of, because you don't, like, does this UFC, you still employed by UFC gym now or no? So I'm my own company, I'm my own separate entity, but I, um, I'm contracted out to UFC, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm a contractor there. Na naturally, naturally, you do your training sessions inside that gym that's exclusively, yeah, yeah, that's my you know, that, that kind of arrangement, right? So what's the journey been like going from, you know, at that point to sort of saying, yep, yeah, well, I'm going to just be a, a coach full time and now I've done that successfully. What, what's the journey through there and, you know, what's your best advice to people listening in getting clients, actually? That's a really important one because, look, for me personally, every single person that walks in through my doorstep and they're like, oh, you know, how do, how do we make money? How do we do business? How do we grow a business? How do we start? I'm like, well, forget everything else. It's sales, marketing. They are the two mm. most important things, right? No sales, no marketing, no customers, no yeah, business. Yeah. It's a really, really key factor. So for you, in, in terms of your journey, building up your clientele and things of that nature up until this point, what's that journey been like? Has it been up and down? Did it, did it you know, peak and then plateau? Like what's, what's that kind of a situation there? So it always goes up, to, up, up and down like with different factors. We're talking about like we're probably in the, on the way to a global you know, financial crisis, um, a, not a lot of expendable income, people making cutbacks wherever they can because um, like your mortgage prices are going up, up, up. I did grow exponentially. Um, I went very quickly from about 30 to, as I said, 50 sessions where I'm capping out now. A um, little bit, you know, coming into the end of the year and all that kind of stuff and all that dropped off a little bit, which is, which is fine. You know, I'm, 
I don't mind when clients leave because I feel like I've, I've served my purpose there. But yeah. just by doing my job right, actually giving a shit, getting results, just doing my job right, I was able to bring in a new wave of people. So I'm back at like that, that fifth line. It was like 45 sessions again. And we know marketing and like sales, it, it's quite important. Obviously, there's no sales, there's no business and no cash flow. But I think a lot where a lot of trainers get it wrong is when they sit down for a consult, right? And I remember probably Weed's done it. It's like they've got this desperation to sell. It's like, I need this sale. I need this. I, that. I see them like, how can I help? Are we, a compa- are we compatible? Am I able to facilitate your needs? Is if, that person coachable, you know? That, no, no, ex- exactly right. Because we're all going to connect with different people. And for me to turn around and take your money and not deliver results, A, you're not going to refer anyone to me. B, you're not going to give me a good Google review. And C, people are going to see on the floor that we're not engaged. Hey, Dean's not getting results. It's straight away put on the coach. So it's not necessarily a sales pitch. I don't do a sales pitch at all. I sit down and have a chat. I have a very in-depth questionnaire that I go through to make sure we are compatible. What, what do you do? What do you enjoy? Are we going to work well together? And if I feel that we can't, I'm more than happy because I find this is the best for the individual. And for another coach, if I don't feel, and I've done this in the past, I've probably referred on to about five or six people. Look, I'm sorry, I can't facilitate your needs, but I'm pretty sure this person will. And I'll make that, I'll make the decision that, hey, look, I can't do it. You're probably best seeing someone else. Yeah. And to me, that, it adds value to my service and it adds value to me. So I'm not here just trying to make a quick dollar. Like to me, money is the last thing. It's always important. Don't get me wrong. Money's always important. You gotta have cash flow in a business. But to walk into a sale or a consult or a client with the dollar figure in mind, you're going to miss the sale. You're going to smell it. People smell. Chase the work, not the money, you know. And then even that being said, learn when to say no. So that's, that's it, yeah. you know, and a lot of people do this. They bite off more than they can chew. Yeah, 100%. Um, and they end up under-delivering and under-promising. And, overcharging. Yeah, also <laughs> over-promising, under-delivering, overcharging. Yeah. You know, and it's a whole bad experience. It's a recipe for disaster. And I know this because I've done this personally myself and I have in the past let people down. I'm not ashamed to say it because yeah. it's all a learning journey. That's correct. And uh, so, yeah, no, I completely agree with you there when, when it, we're talking about things like you know chasing the work and making sure that it's a good fit for you if you were like help me understand that at that time because there's two i don't want to confuse people that maybe you know have zero dollars and are struggling and like really need to make money today because Mm. there's a there's a little there's a really fine line like if you have rent to pay and there's zero dollars in your bank account Mm. you're more than likely going to think more about the money than you're going to think about the long long term side of things and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. Um, You'd have cash flow. So in, at that point in time for you, did you have a good established sort of cash flow, at least even to some degree that supported you, your day-to-day living and lifestyle to then be able to focus more on the customer and, and, and your ideal client versus the money itself? No, I started, started at the October 2021 with $100 a week. Okay, but like, did you have, were you paying your bills every week? Did yeah, you, yeah, I was, I, was doing, I was doing cash law mowing. I fucking hated it. Yeah, that's right, see? <laughs> so I done what I had to do. But that's what I mean, right? Yeah. You did what you had to do. Yeah. And so then that's where I look at it. So, you know, there's two ways. There's either, like, so for example, there's people that have asked me, Dean, how do I make money today? Like, I need money today. And I sit there and I go, okay, you know what? Um, you know, jump on the street, go walk door to door to all these retail outlets or to these industrial areas. Look them up on Google. If they don't have a Google business listing, you walk mm. in there, $100, you can literally 
literally sign up to Square and, and do a, yeah. a payments yeah. on your phone, like, you know, manual, manual payment without having to buy their device, charge them a hundred bucks and register their business on Google. Mm. It'll take you 10 minutes when you get home. And then you have an opportunity to go back there another time and take photos. And guess what? You still use the exact same mobile phone that you use to actually register their business anyway. Yeah. Right. So, but like, that's, that's like someone says, how do I make money today? I, I say things like that. I go, go knock on doors selling Google business listings for a hundred bucks each. People mm. will pay it. Right. Go do lawn mowing. Do you yeah. have a lawn mower? Yes. Great. No. Does your neighbor have a lawn mower? Yeah. Knock on people's doors. And it's not hard. Find, look at people's doors where there's grass growing and it hasn't been cut and just say, hey, listen, I'll cut your grass for 50 bucks. Mm. And you can go out there and do and that. Do it, and you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll put in the hard yards and you'll make your money. That's it. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, like that, that's one of the things that I wanted to sort of cover off on because yeah. we're talking about like being picky with your clients and making sure that, you know, that you're both a good fit, yeah. making sure you chase the work, not the money. Uh, you know, so you can build that future vision. And that yeah. is so important, so, so important when you're building for a, a, a vision for, yeah. a, for a future. Uh, I like to use the word vision, not goals, because no. goals to me are like the, the micro yes. goals that you achieve to make progress towards a vision. That's correct. So for the vision, it has to be long-term. It has to be really focused and not hungry for the sale and the dollar, mm. the, and the dollar figure. But I think for those that are listening that are like, oh, yeah, well, I don't really have anything. Like you said, mowing lawns, you've got to do what you have to do to, do to make the shit the, others won't. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> You know, right. like you, you bite your pride, you swallow your ego, yeah. and you do the shit that others won't because you put in the hard yards and you, as you said, you may you stay strong to your vision, whatever business it might be, and you really stay, like, stay true to your business model, which is mine's all about service and value. Yeah. If I was to turn around and because I need an extra $100, Sold a shit. Imagine I sold you a shitty pack and underdelivered. We wouldn't be here today. You did underdeliver. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I've right. got photos in my phone. <laughs> Damn straight. Damn straight. Right. So, look, like all in all, like realistically speaking, mm. um, the, you have to do what you got to do. I yes. hate people that sit there and just expect a handout. Or like even for me personally, like I've never ever been on Centrelink in my entire life. Yeah. Never. Mm. The only like. The only thing that I am on now with Centrelink is like childcare subsidy, but that's because oh, you, they yeah, give me 85% off yeah, yeah. The, the bill. Why would you not take 85% off? And you're you offering know? your children the best form of education that you can afford. Yeah, something. absolutely, right? Yeah. So like, but that's a whole different kettle of Perfect. fish. Yeah. But outside of that, I've never sat there like, oh, I'm going to go on JobSeeker or anything like that because I've always looked at myself and said, you know what, fuck this. Why would I sit around twiddling my thumbs? The only person responsible for changing my life is me. 100%. And the, accountability is one of the biggest and most fucking important things yeah. because people sit there and I'm a victim and I'm a victim. <laughs> like even my separation, yeah. you know, like I could have sat there and come up with a thousand and one reasons as to, to why it wasn't my fault. Yeah. But I took responsibility in the fact that there were things that I probably didn't do in my relationship either to step mm. up or do this or do that. Regardless of the circumstances or who's at fault, I played a part. Yeah. In the, the, in the accountability for what had happened. Well, I remember us having a couple of very honest conversations. Yeah. It was very honest and very, very raw. And okay, look, I was very forward with you at the time and what my thoughts are, and I always give you an honest opinion. Yeah. But you have a look at four months down the track. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Yeah, and it changes, I mean? and it changes. It yeah. constantly changes because you'd get time to journal, to reflect, to, to understand your role in what's happening in the world. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? But never, never once do I ever neglect the fact that everything that happens to you in the world, 
you do take part responsi- like responsibility for. 100%. If yeah. you get attacked in the street, like you're walking down the middle of the Bronx, you know what I mean? You're, <laughs> by, you you're by yourself with a fucking Rolex on your wrist. You know what I mean? Don't mm. sit there crying on social media. Oh, I got rolled. My, my Rolex got stolen and I got beaten up. Yeah, because you walk down the fucking street in the Bronx. It's street smart, dude. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? You you played a role in what happened there. If you went for a, a you know down bloody Hollywood Boulevard with a Rolex, maybe that wouldn't have yeah. happened. So your choices in life have a big factor in in what happens to you. And that victim mentality is so important to just get rid of completely. Yeah. Like like you said, man, you were fucking mowing lawns. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't even. Shit. I don't even mow my. I've got a lawnmower. I don't even mow my own damn lawn. I hire you, someone else. Do you need a guy? Pulse uh, <laughs> lawnmowing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send me his number, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, but you, you get the point, right? Yeah. It's it is. I think is that is that your message right now? Like, so you're gonna be you're working with a lot of people and, and changing the way that they're doing things yeah, as well. Yeah. And their lifestyle is that is that your message to them as well? Like you know, cut out the bullshit, the excuses, and actually you know, fucking take responsibility for yourself and make a change in your life. Is that what the ultimate message is for you? Yes and no. Definitely yes. It's we need to be accountable for our own actions. We need to drop the bullshit and like shit's always going to happen. Doesn't yeah. matter if you get the best life in the world or worst, but it's always how we respond after and what's your response. But I'm not going to sit here and go. Dean, just be fucking better. Do this, do right. I'm going to give you the tools to do so. And understand you are going to fuck up. You're going to make mistakes. But that's okay because the next time you do this, say like quitting smoking, right? Yeah. They turn around, you never quit on your first try. But every try is a lot better than the next one. Same with everything that comes to us. Like, fuck, if there's no money in the bank this week, instead of me crying poor and running, blah, 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 I understand, okay, well, this is a bad week. Next week will be better. And little things like that, or oh, fuck, I stubbed my toe, or I broke my leg. There's much more other things I can do, and not just focusing on the bad, but having a look at all the good. Like we having through COVID, right? I was going through my own shit. We all were. But I also knew of two or three different people that were going through so much more than me. And that's stuff that I'm not going to disclose. So much more than me. My shit was basic compared to what they were going for. And just kind of having that understanding that, yeah, we are going for our own stuff. I had a family to support me. I had all that. There's other people out there that had fuck all. Yeah. And just realizing that, you know, as much as we have it bad, other people probably got it worse. So it's up to you to be better in that scenario and kind of help others. Even though you're going through it, just try help. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean, dude. So, like, yeah. ultimately, look, you know, we're, we're coming towards the tail end of, of our little Discussion, show. Yeah, and you yeah. know what, man? I'll, I'll tell you what, like, because I love there, – there's different types of guests, right? You get some guests that come on the show and then you're like, mm, yeah, okay. you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard to find the conversation yeah. uh, or an agreeable – even if it was a, a controversial topic, whether it's agreeable or disagreeable, sometimes they just don't have the same passion. So, dude, yeah. like, you know, you're always welcome, you know, if, at future episodes, if you've got an announcement to make as well yeah. uh you're more than welcome to to come on the show anytime you like man even if you want to do a group podcast we could do that too yeah. get a whole bunch of guys together guys and gals uh, and do that kind of a thing you're always welcome uh but you know sort of in closing you know what's what's been left unsaid you know and coming here today isn't just always about oh, yeah, i'm here to talk that you know there's purpose for it as well if there's a message you want to share with everyone uh about yourself and mm. about the things that you're doing man what what is that message just be genuine, be authentic, be yourself. Um, don't expect, one thing I heard, um, so I was at a convention in October, it's um, 
a Sarah Redox. One thing that really, really hit me at this convention was don't do something or don't start a conversation with the expect expectation of getting something back. Mm -hmm. That was a huge thing for me. So coming in, you spoke to me last week about doing the podcast. It's something that's using your, biz your business venture. Awesome. Yeah. Let me, how can I help? Yeah, yeah. And it's not, I don't expect anything from it. We got to have a good conversation and that's that. And we'll leave and we'll keep on moving forward to where we need to be. So turning around and helping people doesn't matter where they are in your life, what relationship you share with them. Just be helpful. Do the best you can do. And that's that. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, then so be it. Just be you. And if someone wanted to reach out to you, you know, throw us your handles. What was <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, at Gauchi Fitness um, as my Instagram, I've also just launched a new launched a new website as well. Amazing. So that could be found at www.gauchifitness.com. Um, it's got you know all the clients I've worked with, a philosophy about me, a couple of testimonials. Um, but yeah, I appreciate if everyone showed a little bit of support. If I can help you out, more than happy to either face to face or you know as on, in that online or digital space. Absolutely, absolutely, Daniel, dude, thank you so much for coming around. You know, it's it, you know what I love episodes like this because yeah. you know, like I said, everyone seems to get a little reserved and doesn't want to share too much or you know think that that might be too controversial and people's opinions of them might change and you know who gives a fuck. It is <laughs> you know what I mean? It is what it like, is. Like, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all you know, speaking our mind. I really appreciate that you've come on, you've spoken your mind, you've shared your story as well. Mm. And, man, I'm excited to see where things are going for you too, man. And yeah, I'm always here. I'm always here for you too, man, anytime you need it as well. But, guys, look, if you're interested in uh, in reaching out to Daniel, you've got gauchifitness.com. You can head over to his website. On top of that as well, you can also go to, uh, was it, at uh, gauchifitness on Instagram to and reach out there see what it, what's happening and what it's all about we'll definitely get him on for another interview another show I think yeah. uh, that'll be really exciting as well and uh, if you want to reach out to me as well ask anything of me it's support at launchday.au or you can hit us up one of our, on all of our social media channels guys thanks so much for tuning in I hope you have a great fucking week I'm telling you it's going to be fucking awesome for you especially after listening to Daniel this whole hour it's been fucking Fuck, awesome it's been an hour already oh, yeah almost. it's flying yeah love it <laughs> <laughs> guys take care Daniel thanks for coming along guys Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure.